This podcast is a Tucker Media production. For more information, head to tuckermedia.com.au. Welcome to How Gen Y Buy. Each week, we speak to everyday Australians to discover the unique ways in which they are entering the property market. Learn how Gen Y are beating the odds and getting their foot on the property ladder with your host, Nathan Smith, the Managing Director and Mortgage Broker at Birdie Wealth. Happy New Year, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of How Gen Y Buy. We're back in the studio again today, and I've got another Gen Y buyer talking about the journey they've gone on for the last few years, how they've managed to get into the property market and uh, how they settled on the property a few months ago. So today I'm joined by James Forrest. He's going to give us a bit of a run through his story and uh, talk about his year, which has been a pretty exciting one. Welcome, James. Thanks, guy. Yeah, it's good. Big year of milestones for you. Certainly was, mate. What have we done this year? We've had... uh, Babies? Babies, businesses, bought a house, mate. So it's all happened in 2017. A lot of milestones. Yeah, yeah. What's, uh, what's 2018 going to hold for you then? It's a tough oh, year to match last year. Hopefully not as much, mate. Hopefully not as much. Consolidation, so. yeah, maybe. Yeah. Get yeah. back into it. and Resting uh, on the foundation. So. Perfect. Yeah. Well done. Well done. So, yeah, big year for you in relation to... Uh, to uh, your, your family and business, but uh, but obviously we're here to talk about the property and uh, the journey you've gone on then with that. Um, why why property? So why have you decided to buy property? Um, look, it was just a natural next step for us um, with uh, three kids and a family. Um, it seemed like it was just, you know, like hopefully it's our natural next step um, and it seems as though, you know, that's the, the best form of security. You know, going forward for the family, as I think, uh, in in property, it's a good thing. So, um, yeah, it was just something that we were working toward. Um, and uh, like, I'm a builder, so it made sense for me to to want to put our money toward a home. So, yeah. Do you think having a family, you felt that need for that emotional security of having the the foundation and the that base property to always go back to? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I think um, I think there's just something about having a home. Um, you know, and owning owning a home um, that you know I aspired to for a long time, and I think um, yeah, just feeling like that was the security for the family, and you know, we had a fallback if we needed a fallback. I mean, it wasn't exactly what we wanted. We obviously wanted to um, to own and live in, but you know, we weren't able to afford that, so we were we had to buy elsewhere. But um, yeah. Perfect. I, I often hear that because there is actually a big push at the moment for rent vesting where you rent where you want to live and buy a property and quite often I find as people start to have families and um, and partner up and the kids come along, quite often they then start to want to have that central base and that place mm. to live in. Mm. So the property you bought is um, down in Wollongong. Um, mm. Is it a property to live in in the future or, or potentially a place to live in? Yeah, definitely. So the idea was that we, we would buy a place where we wanted to live in two years' time. So part of it, yeah. I mean, we um, – so, you know, it was going to take us a few years to get set up somewhere else, uh, but we we just appreciated that that would be the, the best place to not – to go without putting too much pressure on ourselves, um, but it still enable us to achieve that goal of owning a home, so – yeah. So, how long has this journey been from uh, from when you've settled? How long ago did you start talking with your wife about getting into that property? Uh, it's been a long journey for us. Um, so, we were looking to purchase before we had our first kid. So, seven years ago. Wow. So, um, we've been going to open homes for that 
that extended period of time as we as we got closer and closer, we just kept just missing out, just missing out, and then um, our situation would change cons- constantly because we've had three kids. Yes, and um, incomes fluctuate as that happens. Right, expenses fluctuate as that happens. Mm. Yep. But we got there in the end, mate. Yeah, we just chipped away. Yeah, yeah. Was it tough though? I mean, is it emotionally tough missing out on properties for that period of time? How do you stay motivated and focused to keep going when you're getting knocked back, when you're missing properties? It's a a long time, seven years to be in the hunt. Oh, it sucks, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It sucks. (laughs) That's a pretty pretty good way to put it. Going to so many open homes, um, I couldn't even count them now, Um, and probably eight auctions where we were registered bidders. And, yeah, and then having our capacity reduced with each bar, but we didn't want to – I mean, we didn't want the house hunt to govern our life decision. Um, So we just continued um, with what we felt was right between my wife and I and, and our family. And um, and we adjusted we adjusted our situation over time. So um, and we adjusted our expectations as well. Yeah. I mean, wh- where we started looking was wasn't where we ended up buying. Yeah. Um, but I mean, that was just a necessary adjustment. And yeah, it was um, like I mean, you yeah you you have to emotionally commit to a purchase a purchase of a home if you want to register as a bidder and you want to get your affairs in order with you the do. bank. Um, and then you have to break that emotional commitment every yes. time so for us that that was probably happened three or four times a year for seven years so yes <laughs> it is a tough one the, the family purchase is without a doubt harder than the investment purchase because there is an emotional attachment I, there, there's no way out of it i've uh, i know with my wife and i we've done the same things and she has already decided where the kids are going to school yeah, and absolutely. where the best park is and where will they be able to ride their bikes so mm. it's planned it's done and yeah. uh, and then having to to break afterwards and say right we're back to the drawing board back on the website let's start again and uh, yeah. and go from the top so yeah definitely difficult now over that time you were you're gathering information you're getting educated about property and where to look mm. where did you initially start and where did you kind of go through to um, so initially we started looking just just as just as just mum and dad home buyers. So we were just just looking at realestate.com and speaking to older people and um, just keeping ear to the ground, watching the news, um, all that sort of stuff is where we started and then we just we made our decisions based on that. So we just tried to, you know, get a general understanding on the market without being economists or anything like that. So um, and looking at making sensible decisions for the family so looking at yeah where where's the local school and where you know where can we um where's close to our parents a support network and that sort of thing now that was sort of what what advice we looked at in making our decisions at the very beginning of the process um but that that changed throughout the throughout the process and we got we probably got smarter um over that journey and we started to look um more closely at um, at the market and you know what what fallbacks we had if we if things went wrong and um, that changed where we ended up. But um, so basically, we we started looking at things like um, rental markets as well. If you know if we if we weren't able to live in the home, um, so, so vacancy rates is that the kind of thing? Yeah, vacancy out? rates what, what and your rental expectation would be on the property. Yep, yep. So looking at. So if if things were, what was our plan? Plan we needed somewhere. We we wanted to, originally we were looking at somewhere just to live and own, 
so you know for us it's the Sutherland Shire um, and it was in a place we close to all our family in Sutherland Shire um, and we weren't able to to do that in the end because it was just just that little bit too far for us to reach um, so which was probably a good decision in the end because we, we with the research that we did um, we ended up going somewhere with a stronger rental market like in Wollongong close to um, close to the university whereby if we did have to make a life decision to move closer to our support we could do that um, by by renting the place um, as, 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 as positively as possible so you yeah. don't have to up and sell and no so no. starting so you moved from I guess some general advice in relation to websites and uh, TV, the news, into now more specific advice. Mm. Where were you going now to start to, to crunch down a little bit more? Um, so we went to RP Data. Yeah. Um, so I bought a very expensive subscription to that yes. and then yes. um, caught up with a, just a friend of mine who's um, who we work fairly, fairly we, we work together once a week for a few hours um, to just better understand what we didn't know. Um, so we used RP data and a few other spreadsheets and things that we put together to just get as informed as possible, you know. Uh, so we, in the back of my mind, there was always just this, this sense that maybe I didn't know what I, like understanding of what I didn't know. Mm. Um, and so for me, it was a big decision, you know, at the home. And so I wanted to be as informed as possible. So I went to RP data and um, I went to uh, a friend who had more experience and more time um, and we worked together for six to eight months to really get a better understanding. So, And, I mean, I talk about this on other episodes, is to outsource the work but not the understanding. Mm. So don't outsource. Uh, certainly use your conveyances, use your brokers, use, mm. use that data and, and get other people to do it for you, but still make sure you've got a clear understanding of what they're doing and what it all means mm. um, so that you can have control over that process and, and you're quite clear. So certainly outsource the work, but perhaps not the understanding. Mm. Now, along the way, you're getting advice from all sorts of places. Yeah. Um, conflicting advice probably sometimes. Yeah. Don't buy here, do buy here. Where do you go? Was there any kind of advice that was particularly bad looking back now? You heard it and you went, Wow. Yeah, there's just that urgency advice, oh, right, you know, yeah. the advice to go, 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 go. Mm. Um, and then there was also the advice that, um, you know, so that, and then conversely, we had the advice that to not touch property. Um, yeah. And so, you know, they were two extremes, really. Um, but we had to find a middle ground there. So, yeah, there was just that advice that you need to go, you need to go now. Um, and there's the rush and urgency. Um which in the end, a seven-year journey, we couldn't... I could have seen a number of instances along that seven-year journey where if we had have taken that advice, we would have made bad decisions or we would have overcommitted at different points. Uh, but then there was the other advice that um, don't do it, the market's going to crash and all this stuff. So, um, which you know, which we, we, in the end, we didn't take that either. So, yeah. Yeah, and so that was... Uh Potentially, people trying to help you out, but uh, maybe not not 
in that particular field and, and may not have the expertise and the media as well drives it too yeah again they're yeah they're doom or gloom or, or super positive but that fear of missing out's a big one isn't that that somehow we're going to run out of properties and, and yes. the, you're never going to find it if you don't bid on this exact one now mm. and i mean they've got agents whose jobs actually obviously to sell the property and, and they'll drive that that uh, fear of missing out and then the media talks a lot about that so yeah that's a big one that there's always another property that comes along and I see it year in, year out that people will miss out on a property and there's always a reason. You just see it. They miss out on that one and they end up with a far better property that's mm. much more suited to them. So um, it is interesting watching that. So you're now ready to go. We're, we're getting your pre-approval organised. Um, how did you find the finance side of things and, and going through that. Yours was certainly not a clean application. Um, we won't go too much into your personal information, but one of the big changes was you went from an employee to an actual owner of a business and uh, we were putting an application in as an, an owner of, a, of technically a new business, even though we'd been trading for a long period of time. Um, how did you find that finance journey? Oh, I was it got hard, I think, and I probably sense there was probably a sense of over of it was overwhelming at different times. You know, being sense that um, obviously there's a lot of paperwork required, a lot of um, checks and balances. The banks cover cover themselves pretty well. So, in the initial stages, we went through the banks, um, and each time just felt we got sort of um, you know if we didn't tick absolutely every box. Um, it was back to the square one and committing to another journey again. So we we tried that avenue about five times, um, but um, it was just just an overwhelming requirement for information. Um, and yeah, there just didn't seem to be any real um, real drive from the banks to to get us into a loan. You know, they just didn't seem to because we didn't have the leverage, we didn't have the contacts, we were coming in cold. They just didn't seem to be too interested in anything that was going to be hard work. So, um, so to answer your question, um, that journey was it was really difficult, um, and that's what probably led me um, over to to Birdie Wells. Yeah, and I mean, your application was. Uh was a little bit more difficult because of the change of the way your employment was structured and how we do it. And, and I remember we, we sat down numerous times and uh, <laughs> I think because you work nearby the office here, we, we run into each other near every day and uh, almost every day I'd be giving you a new uh, percentage update on how likely it is to go through and not trying to keep uh, expectations in track on where I thought it was going and, and whether the bank would buy the deal or not. Uh, but without a doubt, the first purchase is the hardest. It is the hardest one. There's no doubt about it. You're, you generally have a lower deposit. You are a high risk to the bank. You haven't yet proved yourself. Um, once you've been able to do that and once you're in a position with equity, then um, then the banks are certainly jumping at the bids to buy your business. But that first one is, is without a doubt the hardest one. Um, we got your pre-approval arranged and underway. Um, you, you did look at a, a couple of properties prior to this was there some key criteria your must-haves for this first purchase? Yeah, we, we just wanted something that had yeah strong, strong rental fallback option. But just going back quickly on the finance side of it, um, and, and the way that the way that we're eligible for the finance, um, I mean, with our change in circumstance, our situation became quite complex, and 
in my mind, based on my experience up to that point, we would that would make us that would unqualify us for a loan. So we wouldn't we wouldn't be eligible um, going forward. And I mean, what you guys were able to achieve with your extra work and the extra um, going into bat for us and using your contacts in the bank was effectively a miracle in our in our situation in our instance. Um, what we we're able to borrow as opposed to my expectations um, I basically went to you and said well, I don't think this is going to get up I basically said but you encouraged me to continue and try as best we could to let's let's you know it's a legitimate story let's let's try um, it may not tick every box but let's let's get creative and try and so um, you were able to to, to pull off a deal for us that we didn't we would not have got otherwise and, and I know that because we went to the banks several times and unsuccessfully so that's just on, on that side that's how that was our experience with, with yeah. getting the line well, through you it guys. was it, it yeah. didn't fit policy the, the banks are quite clear on their policy with new businesses and how they treat new businesses and generally they're wanting one or two years um, but uh if you deal with a more experienced broker, there is a policy, but there are exceptions to it. Mm. And what does the story look like behind it? And the the story to me made sense. There was a bit of common sense there. Um, And quite often, if you can speak to the right people and say, this is where we're missing on policy. However, I see these other strengths within the deal. These are the good things about the deal. And this is what works and this is where he was previously, this is where he currently is, and this is where we see him going. To me, that story really made sense. It was a, a cl- quite a clear picture. So it wouldn't work for everyone, um, but your story was uh, it was a good story. It made sense. There was some good um, continuity uh, from both the business and, and yourself and your role. So uh, we were we were able to pull a little bit of a miracle there. It was um, it was a, a, a very good win. One of the one of the best wins for uh, for last year for me. So yeah, that's a good. It was a great story, great result in the end. So and and it changed on to the next question. It changed the um, things that we were looking for in a hunt. So we we're able to look for more. Um, we we're able to look for a bigger block with more potential, more of a yard. Um, so that's what we. I mean, obviously we were just adjusting our um, key things to suit our budget and. Um, so we're able to look for yeah bigger bigger home uh, for us. There were some key things we wanted: uh, standalone um, Torrens title block. Um, we wanted uh, potential to use that block to do other things in the future, um, and then we just wanted something that uh, was big enough to to support three or four rental applicants or or a larger family. So. so as a builder, you were looking at it from a potential development site as well as the family home? Yeah, yeah. So I wanted to have as many fallback options as possible, with yep. the ultimate option being that, yeah, we could we could do a development on the block in time when the capital was available, so um, whether that be 10, 15, five years away. And did you end up having, for the property that you bought, I know that the negotiation went back and forth on this for a long time. Mm. We, were, we were in the background working with the finance back and forth with the lender trying to get it through. Uh, you were going back and forth with the uh, real estate agent in the meantime. How was that process getting down to the nuts and bolts and uh, and really getting in and trying to get that offer across the line? That was a journey for sure. Um, I mean, this, this, uh, this, this property went up um, on the market and then 
it went uh, sat on the market, went to auction, was passed in. So we did we held our nerve at the auction. Um, we've been to enough auctions now to say not get to not get caught up in it. Um, so we let it go passed in at the auction, and then we went to negotiations with the real estate agent, which took six weeks wow. um, for us going back and forth to the agent. The vendor was just very stubborn vendor. Um, and so, yeah, we played the game, mate. We had to play the game and um, go back and forward a number of times. But um, I think the end result was what, what we wanted. We probably, you know, we, we were forced to go um, a few percentages higher than what we had hoped. But, but going back um, now, it was the right decision. So. It's not a lot in the long term, is it? I mean, you won't, no. you won't miss those few thousand here or there. No, that's right. That to get that specific block, the one you want. So it was like two or, three, the criteria, two, two or three percent over what we were hoping. Um, and um, by readjusting our repayments, it's going to have a negligible effect. So, yeah. And it ticked the criteria you want. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was everything we wanted in a based on our new capacity uh, with you guys. So. so where were you when the offer was accepted? Do you remember where you were? And they said, yep. Yeah, James, it's yours. Yeah, I was, I was driving the car and got the call from the real estate. Yes, um, and yeah, I was sort of at the Madden's Plains there on the way back up from Wollongong. Yes, um, I've been just on a work thing, and um, yeah, it's fantastic. It was a great moment that it was accepted, but I knew, sort of knew still that it wasn't over till it's over, and that we needed to get confirmation from the real solicitors and all that sort of stuff. So, sort of held out celebrations until it was all sort of locked and loaded. And, had exchange. Yeah, it's a half celebration, isn't it? Yeah, so, right. okay, I've got it, but I've just got to make sure that uh, our finance is all finalised, sorted. Yeah. You get the all clear from the solicitor; they're happy with all the checks and uh, mm. and going through the contract in great detail. Um, you now, you used a, a local solicitor here who uh, we recommend quite highly. How did you find dealing with uh, with him? Great. I chose to go to a solicitor because I think going back to what you said before about um, outsourcing some help but not your understanding um, and that's been my I guess a, my MO for us really wanting to to know what's going on obviously um, at every step in the journey so uh, we felt a solicitor um, could help us understand it um, and could help us also adjust it if need be um, and it was good I mean solicitors are busy by nature so that's the other the other um, framework is just making sure that um there's, there's, they've got enough time to sit down and explain these elementary things that um, you're just navigating for the first time. But um, it was good. They did that for us. Um, and I felt assured in the end that the details were considered, taken care of, and that on our behalf there was someone there advocating for us in instances that we didn't necessarily have enough information or, yeah. or enough knowledge. And we certainly match uh, match the solicitor or conveyancer with the type of client too. Mm. So sometimes a conveyance is suitable, sometimes a solicitor is uh, suitable for other people. Um, knowing you for actually a long time now, but mm. reconnecting over the last year or so, um, I know you're quite a detail-orientated person. You really get down into the nuts and bolts. Yeah. And so we matched you with a solicitor who is particularly detail-orientated who will absolutely screen a contract back to front mm. and will ask you the question. So uh, we matched that accordingly just to make sure that we, we had the right person there for you. And my requirements are arguably more complex based on the 
financing and everything and what we potentially want to do with the block so it just warranted probably a closer look whereas I, you know, I think there'd be instances that were pretty straightforward and probably not so so much a requirement on, on the details. So. Absolutely. Yep, agree. Um, so we've settled on the block. 2017's finished. What's <laughs> next for you? So now it was it was a journey we had a changeover of tenant at the very last minute. So yeah. we had to... And the old tenants didn't treat the place as that was their own. So right. um, that was a bit of a out of the blue. So we, we, we went down there, uh, fixed it up, got new tenants in because it was a strong rental area we got new tenants within uh, four days so Fantastic. we had no gap uh, and did that, now, give, that give you a lot of confidence a lot of confidence yeah, in the good, area good, a lot good. of confidence in the um, in the fallback plan that we had in place um, so um, which was good but it was nervous moments there for the while when we got the, the letter that they were leaving yes. so um, but um, so so this year 2018 we'll um, push through and try and get as many, um, you know, as many consecutive weeks of rent as we can. So, um, and uh, we're still working on uh, some plans for the block. So it's through council and stuff like that. So this year we'll just be mainly working away at what what plans we can get into council, um, and then just doing some more feasibilities for ourselves, getting a our budget established, getting a rhythm in place. Um, getting our spending under control, all that stuff. So Fantastic. Yeah. Well, James, thanks for coming in. There's been some really good uh, takeaways uh, from this uh, chat today. Some of the main ones I've, I've picked up is, is obviously your persistence, so your persistence is mm. to keep looking and keep mm. getting back out there regardless of what's happening and, and really just rolling with the punches mm. as your lifestyle is changing, just uh, be prepared to step back and then step back in when you can. Um, obviously, the... You were, you were really clear and specific as far as the goal and what you're after and what you wanted to achieve. And I think because it was so clear and specific, you were able to do it. Mm. Um, and the other thing is, is just to uh, to sit down and get that advice because you don't know what you don't know and, and you ended up finding out that, hey, you can do uh, you can purchase a property in 2017 where you thought uh, initially that might have been an 18 or 19 goal for you so mm. uh, being able to get in early and get that has been some real good takeaways so really appreciate your uh, your time here today and what you've been able to share um, just before you go what's that one bit of advice for other people who are in your situation or where you actually were what's that one key takeaway you've got and, and what you'd like to share um, just keep plugging away um, just yeah keep persisting I mean they're yeah, there can be a sense of, of urgency, but it, it will happen. You can just gradually work your way in toward, um, toward that goal and um, save more than you spend is one, is one key. But, um, but also speaking to people like yourself, um, and that's, that's just an honest, that's just my honest experience that was um, made a big difference. Um, and, you know, people that are able to explain the situation, you know, so people like yourself or good real estate agent, some people that you trust, you know, that are going to go in and advocate for you in, in, in an environment that you don't really know all the facts about, you know. So good advice is key. Um, and uh, just persistence, you know, seven years. And, and it took us, you know, it took us the, the, the six or eight before that to save enough to even be in the position to start looking. So just little bits at a time. Fantastic. Thanks, James. Thanks for coming in. Uh, this has been another episode of How Gen Y Buy. 
Uh, welcome to the new year. We'll be back in another fortnight with the next episode. This podcast is for general information only. It contains brief comments not intended to be the basis for decision-making nor to be taken as a substitute for specific advice. Please contact Birdie Wealth to discuss any matters that may be relevant to your individual situation. For more information, go to www.birdiewealth.com.au.